All right, so welcome to the Biohacking Beauty Podcast. My guest today is the wonderful Kayla Barnes. Uh, Kayla, please introduce yourself. Tell us uh, a little bit about what you do and how you got to do what you do. Absolutely. Well, it's such a pleasure to be here. A little bit about me. Um, I studied human sciences um, at university, which was wonderful. But I started to experience about the age of 18, a lot of my own health issues. I was experiencing some brain fog. I was on um, ADHD medication for quite some time. At times took anxiety medication and was just hitting some of my own um, roadblocks in terms of health. So I you know, was seeing conventional doctors and just being prescribed different prescriptions and medications. And I knew that I had to look deeper and, you know, my studies kind of encouraged this, but I hired a team of about three different functional practitioners from a nutritionist, dietitian, and um, an ND. And we really got to the root cause of what was going on. And at that point, you know, I really got super interested in the brain because I wanted to be able to support my kind of professional endeavors and have less brain fog as my overall health was clearing up, I realized that my brain was functioning so much better. So since then, I've been, spent the last 10 years in the health um, sector, and I now run a company called Brain Upgraded, in which we work with executives and other high-performing individuals to really upregulate their cognitive performance and help to um, optimize the longevity of both their brain and their bodies. That's wonderful. Um, and it- this is a topic that I think everyone uh, should be interested in if they're interested in, in, in their, how they look, how they function, and obviously what, what's, you know, what they can uh, create in their life as far as success. It's all, it all starts and ends in our brain. Um, do, Kayla, how would you define brain fog? Because I feel until that veil has been lifted, a lot of people wouldn't even know they're living with brain fog. Absolutely. And it can be that way too with, I mean, even other cognitive um, ailments such as depression or anxiety. Sometimes people don't realize it until they start to come out of it. But brain fog, if you're waking up and you really can't turn your brain on, if you're forgetting thoughts or you're forgetting, you know, um, where you place something, that's a pretty good indicator of brain fog. And then on the flip side, we have what a friend um, of mine, Dr. Romy, has coined um, busy brain, which is where you can't stay on track. So brain fog is more so when you can't get your brain kind of fired up and you can't collect your thoughts the way that you want to. And then busy brain is where you can't actually pull in your focus and you know finalize a task. So there's two different things, but people um, usually suffer from one of those two. And do, and do you feel that um, it is, how limiting is it in, um, for a normal person's life? I mean, is it, is it something that maybe limits you about 1% of your peak performance? Is it something that limits you to 50% of your peak performance? Uh, how would, you know, someone, why would someone strive to improve brain fog or busy brain? Well, um, our brain is involved in everything that we do. For it, it, our brain decides the the quality of our relationships, our personal relationships, how successful we're going to be in life, how happy we're going to be, literally every single thing that we do and our future is dependent on the health of our brain. 
So for me, it's, it's the most important thing that we can really focus on and it can significantly impact your performance because often if you have brain fog, you might also have a couple of other cognitive ailments that I mentioned. You could have ADHD, anxiety, depression. So a lot of these um, different symptoms kind of go hand in hand with other ailments. And if you can start to improve them, then everything will you know, start to improve. So I think it's of the utmost importance that we really start to talk about and care for our brains properly. Definitely. And what are some of the um, key points or pillars that you see as far as uh, our way, our way of life, or what we do during our day that uh, you know it contributes to uh, brain optimization, or or vice versa? Absolutely. Well, unfortunately, I think you know our society has changed so much. I like to think of my practice and my approach as. Um, ancestral wisdom meets modern science because there are so many things that we used to do right um, and we've gotten away from a lot of them. So we're now having um, very highly processed diets. I just read that, you know, a study came out in JAMA that said that even children's diets are almost 67% processed foods. I mean, these things didn't exist, you know, when our ancestors are around. And to be quite honest, they are destroying the quality of our health. Um, our looks and our brains. So processed food is definitely something that I always encourage clients and anyone that I speak to, to eliminate because what you're consuming every day, it's so much more than just calories, it's information. And our bodies, every cell in our body, including every cell in our brain is made up of what we eat. So processed food is a huge one. Sedentary time. You know, our ancestors were out hunting, gathering, foraging, um, eating seasonally, but sedentary time, we're so often in front of computers all day long, staring at the screens, not allowing our eyes to have a break, which is, you know, showing to be quite detrimental to our vision, but also it is not good for our brain. Um, grounding, being in nature, and taking walks outside to get that vitamin D on both your skin and your eyes is very important. So, a lot of the things that we used to do, we've gotten away from. Same thing with exercise too. Walking has incredible benefits, but strength training um, several times a week is really good to not only um, increase your muscle mass. So later in life, when things like sarcopenia start to set in, you're going to have an edge, but there's just so many different things that we used to do um, spending time with one another. You know, now we're constantly on our phones and it's been proven and backed by science that having a really strong positive peer group and spending um, quality one-on-one -on -one time with people actually can improve your health. So I think, I think there's um, a lot of ways that we can kind of go back to what we used to do, but utilize the new technology that we have and the innovation to benefit us um, on both sides. Beautiful, that's right. And, and the, I, I really like that you said that Aside from uh, immediate benefits or uh, of like direct benefits we get from maybe eating better or moving ourselves, we're really um, signaling our body that it should go in a certain direction. It's um, it's a very interesting concept and, and something that definitely can guide someone in some gray areas, right? Because our body is not going to keep whatever you're not asking it to keep. It's not going to evolve in a direction you're not asking it or demanding. You're to get the man on the body to evolve in a certain way. 
And unfortunately, the opposite happens. If we are sedentary, if we are, you know, immobile, our body is literally going to evolve um, to to only perform the functions that we ask it. I recently um, I'm obsessed with uh, knee health, and mm. uh, you know, I, I I realized that from years of sitting in front of a computer in the classroom, wherever that may be, I'm not, I haven't demanded. I didn't put a demand on my knee to really have a full range of motion. And I'm, not, I'm one of those people, like most people in a Western society that can't do a, what we call an Asia squat, where you go with your butt all the way to your heels and, and are comfortable sitting that way. So that's a nice analogy, but that happens everywhere. What are some of the signals, aside from what you, you talked about, or maybe you want to expand, what are some of the signals that you make sure that you, that you, you kind of communicate to your body or to your brain? Absolutely. So, I mean, just to talk, speak about the knee, mobility is also so important because yeah. as we age, that declines and, you know, the speed of how fast people can walk has actually been connected to how long they'll live. So very important, but some signals that you might be going in the wrong direction. I mean, you're not getting quality sleep at night. You wake up and you're not fully rested or you feel like you have no energy. You can't, what I said before, turn your brain on. So you don't feel as if you're really able to enter a flow state. Um, you know, you're having anxiety or feeling symptoms of depression. These are all things that um, can be heavily influenced by our gut um, and our microbiome. And that all is related to what we're putting into our body. So just to say it bluntly, if you eat junk, you're going to feel like junk. You're going to perform like junk. So it's incredibly important to put high quality fuel into our, you know, so-called tank, but really into our body. Definitely. And you did mention my, uh, one of my favorite topics, which is the uh, gut brain axis. Um, so for people who aren't familiar with it, uh, who think that, that their brain is separate from, from the rest of their body or their brain's health is separate from the rest of their body. Could you expand on, uh, what is that connection between our gut and our, and our brain? How does it work? How do we affect it? Absolutely. So the gut and the brain are directly connected. Um, in, in many ways, it, the, the gut is called the second brain. So most of our serotonin, about 70 to 80% of our serotonin, which is um, a neurochemical that actually improve, makes you more happy. So it's called the happiness chemical. And most of it is housed in our gut. So if you have gut dysbiosis, which unfortunately the majority of the population has to some extent, and that's because of the quality of food, people are not getting enough prebiotics, probiotics from the food, and they're eating um, highly processed food, a lot of sugar, drinking a lot of alcohol, which the alcohol is very difficult on the gut. It's also terrible for your sleep. I, I feel like I lose some friends when I say, um, alcohol is not a health food. I feel like there's been so many different ways to try to find like some benefit. Yes, there's resveratrol, but you can consume resveratrol in many other ways that won't completely wreck your sleep. But going back to the gut, they're directly connected. As I said, it's called the second brain. So it's incredibly important to focus on your gut health. I always recommend people to receive a gut test because if you take, there's so many different strains of probiotics. And if you just guess and you grab some probiotics off the shelf, 
it could actually be doing more damage than good because you have to know what the gut actually looks like and where the dysbiosis comes in in order for you to be able to correct it. But if you can optimize your gut health, your brain health will significantly improve. So uh, walk me through um, what's, what one should do as far as uh, optimizing their gut. Because you did mention a test. Where does one get this test? Can they do it on their own? Do they need to communicate with a specific uh, health practitioner? Yes. Yeah, so you need to see a functional medicine practitioner or um, at my practice, we can also, we call these in for all of our clients because for me, you can't, you can't make a diagnosis. You can't really start to treat a client without understanding exactly what's going on. So there are several different tests. There's a gut zoomer. Um, there's the, a GI diagnostic test. So they're both really good, but you really want to get that super in-depth look. So you can do that by either finding a functional medicine practitioner in your area, or um, you know, we also can call those tests in for you. So how does your uh, business model work? Uh, so, so is it normally face-to-face? Are you doing it online now, especially during COVID probably? Yeah, mostly telemedicine. So we can do consults all over the world, but we definitely take a very holistic but proven and science-backed approach towards all of our new clients. We look at all of their biomarkers to start, and then we work on personalized nutrition, a personalized lifestyle plan. And each client is different, of course. Some of our clients are extremely active. Some are not as active. Some come to us with different cognitive ailments that they're looking to improve. So each, um, each basically prescription for them, meaning lifestyle and health, is all very individualized. But it's a lot of fun because people just are getting their joy back in life. You know, they're feeling their best because my goal is never to just make you feel better. I want you to feel incredible. I want you to be able to show up for your family, your friends. And I try to do that same I try to do that with my Instagram audience as well. I try to offer all sorts of different information, of course, primarily focused on the brain, but I want people to literally feel great. And I feel as if, and it's not just a feeling, it's it's a fact based on data and the science that's coming out is so many people are you know, experiencing type two diabetes and are overweight or not feeling well in general. Chronic disease is just skyrocketing. And in my opinion, it's so closely linked, not only to the, to the food for sure, but our lifestyle. So if you can change your lifestyle, then you can change your life and your happiness. Correct. And, and our lifestyle are basically whether, whether it's, it's uh, benefiting us or not, it's just a bunch of habits. It's an accumulation of habits uh, that we do on a regular basis. And and obviously by changing, so if we just isolate habit by habit, it, it does make sense that we can change uh, habit by habit and change the course of our life and our health uh, accordingly. So Kayla, we, you know, kind of before we went on air, we spoke about the link between a healthy brain, a healthy body, and its manifestation, which is healthy skin, and how the skin can be kind of a... Uh, a a um, business card, card. Yeah, a report card to, to how well we're doing as far as our internal organs and our brain. So tell me a little bit about what other benefits do people see? You started, you started to tell that, but maybe you can expand. Um, what other benefits do people see when they do go through uh, that route of changing their lifestyle, changing their habits, 
and improving their ranking function. So a lot of people, if they come in and they have skin issues or ailments, like you said, and we talked about before, your skin is just a report card on how you're doing internally. So unfortunately, if you are really struggling with your skin, it is like a siren going off telling you that something is not right internally. So in, in a way, you know, we're blessed to even be able to see this. And I know it's something very difficult and it would be life would be easier without acne, right? That's just yeah. a fact. But it's also letting you know, if you look at it that way, that something is off. So that could be of food sensitivity, you know, maybe let's just say, for example, you heard that kale is a superfood and you're eating kale all the time or all almonds or walnuts or whatever it may be. But if you have a slight sensitivity and there's a big difference between a food sensitivity and a food allergy, a sensitivity, you might not ever even pick it up. It could cause maybe a little bit of bloating. It can cause skin issues. But if you have a food sensitivity test ran, and you see, oh, wow, I've been eating almonds like crazy because I heard it's good for you, but you have a sensitivity that can lead to skin issues. If you run your gut tests and you see that your microbiome was off, even if you are doing healthy habits, but it's still off because stress can wreck your gut. So a lot of um, you know times, very type A, even exercising all the time, obsessing over what they eat, their gut can still be really off because of the levels of stress that they're applying to themselves or their jobs. So it's really this full picture approach that you have to take, but your skin is going to let you know exactly how you're doing internally. Lack of water, so many different things. But once you start to change your diet, meditate, manage stress, odds are you're definitely going to see um, a big change in your skin. Why would uh, managing stress be so important for your for your health, for your gut, for your skin? What does stress do do for us? Because it's it seems like everyone's stressed to some extent. There are positive types of stress, like working out, to some mm -hmm. extent. Uh, so why why is emotional stress so bad for us? Emotional stress over time, um, you know, it activates what's called our sympathetic nervous system. And going back to the comparison of our ancestors. So for the most part, their bodies were in a parasympathetic state, which is a more relaxed state. The only time that they really went into a sympathetic state was if they were being chased by a tiger or couldn't find food or something major event happened. Now we're under those conditions constantly. And our bodies were not made to do that. We were meant to relax. We were, were meant to have some peace of mind. And so what it does is it causes chronic inflammation when you're constantly stressed, then add on, you know, different environmental toxins, all of these things. And it just becomes this kind of snowball effect, but having very high levels of cortisol in your body, which is a stress hormone is not healthy for you. So it's really important that you can get yourself into a parasympathetic state, which is a relaxed state on a daily basis. That can be through meditation. It can be through um, non-sleep, non, non deep rest, um, an app like Reverie or something, um, or through breath work, or just doing something that can really take your body into a more relaxed state. But it's incredibly important because even if you're doing every single thing right in terms of diet and health, if you don't have quality relationships in your life and you don't have peace of mind and you're not able to relax, you still will never achieve optimal health in the way that I define it. 
Definitely. And we can see any research that really delves into um, holistic approaches to uh, longevity, to health, really emphasize communal relationships, right? A sense of well-being, uh, communal relationships, a uh, sense of purpose in life. So definitely, it seems like these are, these are um, you know, birds of the same feather are the way what we put in our, in our stomach, the health of the food that we eat, and the health of our, our thoughts and our, um, and, and our um, surroundings. So if, if someone came to you and you've, you've realized that they are maybe hyper-stressed or something like that, are there different biohacks? Are there different things that you can kind of get them to do that maybe, maybe would uh, shortcut um, some of those longer processes like uh, meditation? Well, let's definitely dive into biohacks, but I can't, um, I can't speak about the benefits of meditation anymore because meditation, it literally physically changes the structures in your brain. It can yeah. improve the gray matter. It can um, increase the size of your cortical hippocampus. And that is related to focus. It can decrease the fear centers in the brain, like the amygdala. And it can actually, it, so it benefits the positive emotions while decreasing the negative emotions. And it literally keeps your brain younger for longer. So with that being said, there are some things that you can do that I'm a big fan of in terms of the real biohacking space to benefit your brain. One of them would be hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Um, I was trained by Dr. Daniel Amen, and in my opinion, he's the most renowned brain doctor in the world. And, you know, if you come in with a TBI, for instance, a traumatic brain injury, one of the first prescriptions is always hyperbaric oxygen therapy, but hyperbaric, which is essentially um, you're in a chamber or, um, you know, a cubicle of oxygen that is a hundred percent oxygen when the, the oxygen that we breathe every day is significantly lower than that. So pure oxygen with also um, additional pressure. So it's almost like you're underwater. So you have the pressure and you have the oxygen, which is incredible for wound healing, boosting your immune system, but it's really, really good for increasing blood flow to the brain. So when we look at the spec scans, and I have quite a few of them posted on my page, um, you see almost what look like holes, but those aren't holes in the brain. They're areas of low blood flow. And so oftentimes, you know, it could be from alcoholism. It could be from um, a contact sport injury or a car accident, but people, um, let's say for instance, you've lost a lot of blood flow um, in the prefrontal cortex, which is associated with a lot of your decision-making, your executive function, all of these things that we really need to navigate life and become successful. It's gonna be more difficult to do those. So hyperbaric oxygen therapy is an incredible way to improve blood flow all throughout the brain. Another thing that I really love, um, and you can just kind of Google if you're looking for hyperbaric oxygen near you, just Google and kind of vet the options. And the same thing with something called an ozone uh, sauna or what's called a hocket. Have you ever tried one? I haven't. Okay, really, really cool device. So ozone, it's been around for about 150 years being used for medical purposes, but you know, this is still um, a very, I would say, under the radar treatment or therapy. Um, but ozone, it can kill bacteria, it can kill viruses, 
But what it does is it's a mixture between an actual sauna, so the temperature, it's a wet sauna, so the temperature is going to increase in your body. And then the ozone is actually going to go directly in. I also have ozone um, in my home. A lot of dentist office use it for mouth health, which mouth health, of course, is also very connected to overall health, cardiovascular health. But the ozone sauna is another way to increase blood flow to the brain. It's also great for detoxing. So inside this little chamber, which your head just sticks out and you are covered from the waist down, you have PEMF, which is pulse electromagnetic field. Then you have the ozone and you have the sauna. So it's like a three-in-one treatment that you uh, sit in for about half an hour. And that's another way to really increase the blood flow to your brain. A couple of things that I like to do at home. Um, I have a red light therapy panel here. So I think it's great for skin health. I would, I would love to hear your opinion on that. But um, I, I do that several times a week for skin health. And then, of course, for mitochondrial health. Um, and there's also been uh, some studies showing it can lower inflammation, systemic inflammation. So I do the red light panel a few times a week. I also have, um, it's called the Halio PEMF at my home, which when we're talking about PEMF, there's really two, um, two different therapies, I guess. So there's a PEM device that you lay on and it is quite aggressive. So it's really um, putting those electro fields and they're not the bad EMFs. These are good, um, the pulse electromagnetic fields, but either it can kind of shock your body and have them go deep into you or with the device that I have, you don't actually feel it um, shocking you because that can also be, if you are already having high stress levels and then you start doing something every day, like PEMF, and it's actually really causing, um, you know, an external force, then that could increase your cortisol too. So the one that I have, um, the, the actual frequencies are layered over a top of each other, and this can help um, improve blood flow. It can help improve athletic performance, and they have some studies on um, gut health improvement as well. And additionally, there's some settings for right before bed if you have trouble going to sleep, because sleep is one of the most important parts of our day. Um, it can help you put in, be put into a more relaxed state by changing the way that your brain waves are actually sinking throughout the evening hours. Beautiful, beautiful. So yeah, I have actually, so we'll talk about infrared in a second, which obviously is, a, is a, uh, an amazing uh, topic in general and something that's very close to my heart. Uh, but I would like to tell you about, so one of the biggest, I think one of the most popular PEMS um, brands out there is called Pulse. Um, if you go to any biohacking conference or a lot of- uh, more, The Pulse XL? Yeah. When you lay on, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know it. Uh, and I have had a few experiences a few times being treated with that. And I can tell you that the first time that I was treated with uh, laying on that pulse bed, it was maybe I had higher stress levels. It was very stressful in my body. And I felt like, mm -hmm. you know, kind of run down after, after a session. And it wasn't the best thing for me. Uh, right. But in, com in contrast, uh, trying it, I think, two, three years later, that was, uh, that was probably in April of this year. Um, I've had two consecutive treatments, so day after day. And I felt after the second treatment, I've had some uh, neck, neck problems back then uh, from doing jujitsu. And um, that was, that was uh, an amazing experience, which I feel, feel carried, carried uh, with me. I mean, the, uh, the health benefits I, were, carried me, with me for a while. 
Uh, so definitely. Absolutely. So yes, there is a place for that. And I actually do that one a couple times a week. But if you're going to be doing it on a daily basis, so exercise, cold therapy, fasting, um, the pulse, these are all what we would call hormetic stressors. So they're good stressors. But if you're already in an extremely stressed state, and for instance, if you own this device at home and you do that every day at a high setting, because we know you can drop it down and then it's not too aggressive, but just if you're doing it on a daily basis and you have a lot of stress in your life, then that's not a good combination. So I love intermittent fasting. I love cold therapy. I love really, really intense exercise. But if you feel as if, you know, you're not, not doing so well mentally, or you have a ton of stress on your plate that week, it's also advised in my opinion to take it easier you know, so that's why I like to actually do both because there's definitely a place for both. But for me, um, just doing a PEMF on a daily basis, having a device that's a little bit more subtle is helpful. Great. And I love that you use the word hormesis. Um, it's obviously a, a word that's going to be used in, in anti-aging medicine uh, and um, and biohacking for many years to come. I feel like most people, it's, it's still not as a... Uh, is a common word as we're gonna we're gonna witness in a few years. Um, so, yeah. So first of all, if you could PRP talk a little bit be, about what PRP would be like a PRP and microneedling would be like you know it's a hormetic stressor to your skin, right? You're doing a yeah. bit of, a bit of damage, but then it's going to heal in a better place than it was before. A hundred percent. And we can we can look at um, suctioning. As, as a hormetic process, we can look at turmeric and resveratrol as hormetic plants that we eat. Uh, they stress our system a little bit and our system kind of overcompensates uh, in order to uh, be more resilient uh, the, next time, the next time it encounters them. And I really like, uh, to anyone who hasn't read uh, the book Lifespan by Dr. David Sinclair, uh, it's an amazing book and I love how he describes the relationship between between our ancestral past and plants that were around us. And the fact that we did, we were very developed as far as kind of sensing changes in the environment and what we developed as a way to sense, sense the reaction of plants to stressors. And uh, that is why there are plants such as resveratrol, uh, which is found in, in grapes and, and berries um, and, uh, and curcumin, which is found in turmeric and uh, anti-inflammatory responses, among other other things. Um, but everything has kind of a, has has a point where it's where it's too much, right? So if these are stressors and you just accumulate them and accumulate them, just think of working out too hard to a point where you tear a muscle, you get an injury. So that can be an accumulation of different signals of stress and repair. And going back, going to light therapy, which is one of the classic ways for us to to cause hormesis in her in our body what light therapy does basically is um and what's interesting is uh the diabetic drug metformin does the same in a different way which it stresses our mitochondria and actually causes the mitochondria to kind of clean itself out clean um nitric oxide which which interrupts with, with utilizing oxygen in the mitochondria 
reactive oxygen species, which are those oxygen molecules who couldn't be utilized and become oxidative stress, which we all know. And through that uh, relationship with the mitochondria, we can achieve amazing benefits, whether it would be for our skin. Uh, we can talk a little bit about how it, how it affects the brain specifically and um, hair growth, uh, muscle recovery, nerve, cartilage, bone. It has a lot of benefits. And there are companies who are looking into uh, light therapy and brain health, right? There are, yeah. Um, but it also can, I think, go back to the what we were talking about earlier, what's good for the body is also good for the brain. So improving your right. mitochondrial function across the board is going to be great for your brain. Reducing inflammation is going to be great for the brain. And, um, you know, when we speak about fasting and kind of it sparked the idea, you know, senescent cells, when some of these senescent cells can start to get cleared out, that's also, of course, very helpful to the brain and body. So I like doing red light therapy. I try to do it four times a week or so. And I definitely started to, um, as you see, I always wear my hair back. So I uh, just around my hairline, you know, was starting to lose some of those really fine hairs. And I got some, um, you know, peptides actually from TaylorMade and a little roller. I don't use the roller on my face, but um, the micro needling roller, but I do use it right on my hair, but I don't use it on my face. Um, and they're just doing red light therapy on top of that. And you're talking about uh, the peptide GHKCU. I know they have uh, two different types of compounds, which they use for hair growth. So which one are you using? I have both of them, actually. They have the duo and then the yeah. GHKCU. So um, I actually have both. I just, you know, I'm a biohacker at heart. I've tried so many different things. I mean, cold tubs, ozone at my home, ozone, other places, um, literally cryotherapy several times a week, PEMF, um, all sorts of different stuff I'm doing all the time. So I just like to try it out, but, um, I, I think that it's, it's definitely working. I'm seeing some results. So it's interesting. I'm, I'm continuing to explore it. So actually, uh, going back, so talking a little bit about GHKCU, which, um, another name for it is copper tripeptide one, which mm -hmm. means it's a peptide that's kind of bound to a copper molecule. It's very interesting how, uh, levels of it in the blood, um, can kind of attest to how well our body copes with aging. And we are actually using uh, Yangus, our skincare company, is actually using GHKCU in our eye cream mm. because what we're looking, what one of one major aspect of skin aging is glycation, which to kind of save uh, save on time uh, leads to thinning of the skin, and it's very apparent around the thin skin of the eyes. And what G uh, GHKCU um, incorporated into a, a plethora of, of peptides that we have within that eye cream. What they do in conjunction, and especially GHKCU, they prevent that process of glycation and maintain proper, healthy uh, skin thickness, which is very, very important, uh, which contributes to how well our skin retains moisture, moves, um, pre prevention of wrinkles, treatment of wrinkles, etc. Yeah, so what I wanted to ask you about is that there is an amazing company that I that I can't speak enough about, which is called Violite. And I'm sure you've heard about Violite. I have, yeah. Um, and their endeavor to treat 
treat dementia and Alzheimer's, as far as I know, maybe some other things that I'm not aware of, with red light therapy. Um, as far as you know, is it is it successful? You know, Alzheimer's and dementia, you know, it's, it's such a complicated um, diagnosis. And I believe, you know, you've probably seen it, but there have been some new drugs approved recently. Um, yeah. I, I have definitely seen some of the studies, but I, I don't know where they're at exactly with the outcomes. But for me, as long as something is you know, proven to be safe, um, I would certainly be doing as many things as possible um, in terms of lifestyle interventions, because we also know that Alzheimer's starts developing 20 to 30 years before you ever present a symptom. Not in every case, but it can. So what we do today, even in our 20s or 30s or 40s, is so incredibly important to what we're going to feel like, you know, and that's why I actually love David Sinclair. Um, I love his book. I love all of his work. I'm a big fan. But it's not just about extending the lifespan. It's about extending our health span because we want to feel, I think Mark Hyman says he wants to, or no, sorry, Dave Asprey says he wants to die at like a, a time and, and place or time and way of his own choosing, you know? So it's not about like you live a really long time, but you are not able to move. You're not able to live life really like achieving optimal health is just extending our health span so we can live longer and feel great. A hundred percent. And and I really like the recent message um, from Dave Asprey where he says, it's not only about how long you're going to live, it's how much life you're going to have within, within uh, your living years, which to me really simplifies it. But definitely it's a, it's a good idea to talk about uh, health span rather than lifespan um, because life, Life is happening as we speak, right? We want to feel our best right now, but we also want to cultivate habits that, that make sure we feel our best as we grow older. Absolutely. Um, and I think yeah. forgetting your family members or, you know, all of the, the very sad symptoms that come along with Alzheimer's, if, if it's possible at all, you have to do whatever you can to prevent that. So you can remember your family and enjoy life for longer. Correct. And uh, so going back to, let's say, you know, Alzheimer's is very, very specific. And I feel like someone should really seek a holistic treatment and not, and, and not kind of pick and choose what they're listening uh, on in a podcast. But let's talk about how we maintain brain health over time as far as uh, specific things we can do. Even Obviously, we did speak about how exercise contributes to brain health and uh, intermittent fasting. But over time, how does brain aging look like and, and, and how do these processes really maintain the brain's health? So the most damaging thing to the brain is, is toxins, really. Whether that be alcohol, whether that be drugs, whether that be mold, whether it be um, environmental toxins in our home. You know, now we have this other whole side of things with EMFs. Um, there was a study saying that using your phone for 17 minutes a day on your head to your ear uh, for 10 years, you, your risk of brain cancer goes up 60%. So wow. first, and you know, of course, like reducing toxic exposure and burden because all of that directly affects your brain. So if you want to keep a young brain, then you have to limit or completely get rid of these environmental toxins. I understand that it's part of society that in order to have fun, uh, we need to have alcohol. 
for me, that's not the case. I do have a drink every now and then, maybe a few, uh, one drink like every few months, but for the most part, and to be honest, in, in my near future, I see myself uh, not drinking at all because once you see the scans, you can never unsee it. You know, every time I do even take a sip when I'm having one glass every three months, I still feel as if I'm, I'm not optimizing my health. So we have to remove the toxins and then we have to put the good stuff in. So um, I have some posts on a brain healthy diet, but you know, omega-3s from like a wild caught salmon or anchovies or liver is honestly, I mean, personally, I'm trying to get to like the taste, I'm struggling. And I think a lot of people have that issue. So I'm taking um, ancestral supplements, just the liver, but I am gonna get there. Um, I'm trying to eat liver chips, uh, so diet is really everything. Um, and then berries, um, I like to choose low glycemic berries, such as blueberries and blackberries. Um, walnuts are really great, but you know, when it comes to nuts, something that's important to think about and cooking in general, um, these high heat cooking methods, they create something called AGEs, which are just like end glycation products. And that can increase inflammation in the body. So when we're talking about cooking, I try to cook mostly in a sous vide. So it's a French method of cooking by warming the water. And then if I wanna, if I'm making a grass fed grass finished steak, I'll just slightly really quick sear it um, because for the most part, you don't wanna be cooking at those high temperatures, which um, I have a friend who's a longevity researcher, his name's James Clement. He actually conducted one of the first super centenarian studies and went around the world and spoke to people and tested the blood of people over a hundred years old. And he brought this to my attention. Um, he has a great book called The Switch, if you ever have a chance to read it, but it talks about turning um, you know, up autophagy, turning down mTOR and how we're so often in this state of growth or mTOR and we need to be going into autophagy more. So diet um, is major exercise. It boosts brain derived neurotropic factor. It boosts your dopamine it boosts your serotonin. Um, there have actually been studies that have been exercise versus some of the top antidepressants. And in no way am I saying anyone go off antidepressants because it's very important that you speak with your doctor and you have supervision. But um, some of the studies that they actually did head-to-head -head exercise beat out these top antidepressants. So, you know, there's also science to back dark chocolate for brain health and for mood support. I eat two pieces of dark chocolate um, 70% cacao or more because milk chocolate doesn't quite do it in terms of uh, the antioxidants and the benefits. But dark chocolate is another great thing to incorporate into your diet. Salmon roe, oysters, all of these foods um, are really beneficial to the brain and you want to nourish it. Healthy fats like um, avocado oil, ghee, avocados, your brain is mostly fat and water. So it's really important that you properly nourish it and sleep, if you have to prioritize sleep. We live in this society where, you know, less sleep is better or something, and it's more productive to sleep less. And it's like a badge of honor, but it absolutely is not. Number one, you're going to be significantly more productive if you take the time to sleep at night. And number two, while we're sleeping there, um, our lymphatic system is activated. The lymphatic system actually clears out the cellular garbage and the waste in our brains while we're sleeping. So if we're not getting adequate sleep, our brains are not being cleared of the waste. 
And that's one way that uh, beta amyloid plaques, which then lead to Alzheimer's, can start to actually um, develop when our brains can't clear out the way that they're supposed to. So sleep is so important. I use um, an aura ring. I'm not sure if you have one, but um, I've had it for about four years and it shows me my deep sleep, my REM sleep, light sleep, because even if you are going to bed for between seven and nine hours, which is what's recommended for an adult, um, if you're not getting quality sleep, you're still not hitting the marks that you need to, to fully rest your brain and to rest your body and to really uh, have those neuroprotective effects that sleep offers. Yeah, amazing. And that, that uh, last piece of information is very important. And I actually wanted to circle back to um, the aura ring. I, I specifically, because again, I, I'm involved in contact sports, which don't allow me to wear a ring. I prefer the whoop strap, which, mm -hmm. which are very similar. Yeah. Um, and as far as uh, going back a little bit about uh, different stimulation, different type of stressors we expose ourselves to, positive stressors, is it something that you can gauge as far as your um, heart rate ver variability and kind of know how much stress, stress you can put on your body? Yes, uh, heart rate variability is, is definitely a good way to measure stress. I will say though, heart rate variability is so individual. So for someone, um, it could be, their baseline could be 60. So, and then someone else, it could be 120. You know, it really just depends. But what's most important is if you do have an aura ring or um, a monitor like Whoop is to check how much it changes. So that's really like in that, in that section is where you're gonna know if you have too much stress on your body or too less versus comparing my score versus your score, for instance. But yes, a heart rate variability, I think is a great way to measure the stress that's actually on your body. And you know something about alcohol, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but um, on my aura ring, if I do have a, even a drink or two drinks, um, this really was like a big catalyst into me, you know, really kind of cutting it very, very minimal, but my HRV will drop by half. If I wow. have a couple of drinks, half, and that's because it's wrecking your sleep. So people think alcohol puts them to sleep, but which it can a little bit induce that sleepy stage, but then while sleeping and the sugar burn, the alcohol burns off and the sugar, it spikes throughout your body. It's just absolutely trashing your deeper levels of sleep. So yeah, HRV is a really cool metric that um, I found also meditation makes uh, a big difference in HRV levels. Amazing. And yeah, meditation and HRV are definitely connected. Um, do you have any experience with uh, stimulating the vagus nerve in order to uh, improve your, your HRV? Yes, actually. Um, so I have a device and you don't need a device. You can, um, cold showers actually can help to stimulate the vagus nerve. So every day, most days actually, I do my regular shower and then I turn it as cold as possible so that uh, not only will it improve you know, inflammation levels in the body, it's super energizing, but it also can help stimulate the vagus nerve. And then I also have a device, it's called the Sensit, which it has these slow pulses. Um, and that's also meant to stimulate the vagus nerve, but by humming, chanting, uh, you know, chanting during meditation that also can stimulate the vagus nerve, which there have been links to um, you know, stronger vagal tone and improved HRV. Amazing. So really to kind of sum up uh, the message um, 
that that this podcast is kind of trying to convey maybe you can feel feel in what i'm what i'm missing but really we want to from the uh, perspective of brain health if we want to improve brain health we should really be looking at improvement of our of our, of our entire well-being and that can be through lowering inflammation uh, through different ways making sure we move and exercise making sure we get adequate amount of sleep which which is congruent with with what we need on a regular basis uh, the food that we eat is very very important and the uh, environmental toxins that we expose ourselves to are very important and then we can improve it with uh, different biohacking methods different hormetic uh, processes that we expo expose ourselves to. Is there anything that I'm missing there as a, as a kind of a elevator pitch? Um, I mean, I think that you, pr you pretty much summed it up. And yeah, on my Instagram, I make posts about what I call uh, superhuman habits all the time. Um, you know, the only thing I guess we would add is we also want to be mentally training. So um, reading new books, learning a new language, constantly uh, exercising those mental muscles. So in combination with our lifestyle changes um, and biohacking options, if we can really start, continue to always learn, which, you know, I think people on this podcast are most likely already doing. So that's very important. Amazing. Kayla, I uh, really appreciate this podcast. I feel like anyone who would hear this podcast can, can kind of tweak one habit or two habits that they're doing wrong or not doing or overdoing and really improve the way that they that their center console, that's how their brain uh, functions, and, and that would, would affect any aspect of their lives that they can imagine or not imagine. Do me a favor, in case someone kind of fast forwarded or, 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 or had brain fog, uh, what is the best way to reach you? How can someone kind of follow uh, what you're doing and how, some, how can someone engage uh, with you if they wanna hire or, or use your services? Um, so my Instagram, I put out free content just about every day. Um, it's my name at Kayla Barnes, K-A-Y-L-A-B-A-R-N-E-S. And my company website is brain-upgraded.com. And the whole lay of the land of how we work and what we offer. Um, so yes, those are the two places to find me. Amazing. And of course, we're going to add links to all of those in the description. And I want to thank you. Uh, Kayla, personally, you are you are really um, for me. You're you're one of my uh, best sources of knowledge as far as uh, brain function and brain optimization. Highly recommended just to consume as much of your content as possible, which you do generate generously uh, put out there, and highly recommend uh, to hire your services. And uh, I hope we we can do it again and maybe delve into a specific um, process or. or function uh, further. Absolutely. It would be my pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you so much.